Good morning, and welcome to the Operate Intelligently podcast. This is Tony Butler. I'm here with Papa Dude, Bob Bittner. Bob, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, Tony, and I hope you are. I'm doing good. And you know, the last time we talked, uh, you were just a day or two away from uh, surprising your girls with a trip to Disney. And I know you, I, I couldn't, but I don't know who was more excited, you or the kids, once they knew about it. But I knew you were <laughs> mighty excited that day. So tell us, did you pull it off, Tony? I pulled it off. This is probably the only surprise or the best surprise I've ever pulled off in my life. Um, but we were able to uh, keep our mouth shut. We got the kids into the car. We had this whole plan worked out where uh, they thought that I was taking my brother to, uh, to his car and that it was broken down at the airport of all places. He just happened to be close. And so he got his car there. So we had this whole elaborate story worked out. When we got up at 4.30 in the morning, they knew we were going to the airport, but we were taking Uncle Christian to, uh, to his car so he could work on it. And when we got there, uh, we pulled up to the terminal because I told them that I wasn't going to pay for parking, so Christian, you're going to have to walk to your car. And uh, I, everyone gets out, or at least me and my brother got out. And uh, you know, we told them, hey, girls, I need you to get out of the car. We're, uh, we're flying to Orlando. We're going to Disney World. And uh, they actually didn't react. They were just like... The, the kind of the stun factor? Yeah. Well, I, I don't think they really were listening. Uh-huh. And uh, you see my youngest daughter kind of put her head back down, and she's watching a video. And then all of a sudden she goes, wait, what? <laughs> what? And then you hear my oldest daughter in the back do the same thing. What? And so, you know, they're, my daughter just, she starts getting out of the car. She's super pumped. Everyone was really excited. I cannot believe we pulled it off. And now the challenge is, um, you know, how can we top that? How do you top that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that we can. <laughs> well, you know, you don't have to top it. And uh, there'll be other great times and experiences to pull great surprises. But uh, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, I think we made some memories I'll never forget. That's, that's good. That's what it was all about. You put that book, that chapter in that book, yes. in, didn't you? That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> Well, Tony, uh, today uh, we're going to take a little bit different direction with our podcast, and uh, I want our audience to stay with us because I think uh, at the end you're going to hear uh, us pull something together that's very interesting and exciting for all of us. But, you know, if uh, you've been around me very long, you know that uh, I talk as a facility director. We're not all just, our job isn't just about fixing things right. or maintaining things or planning capital outlay or looking at energy budget. But what we're really doing all of this for is the end experience of the people that are in the organization that we're performing these things for. When I was in the education environment, I always used to like to tell my guys, you're not maintenance mechanics, you're educators, right? right. And you, uh, you do things that uh, are involved with education. And so uh, today we're gonna talk uh, in one of our uh, verticals that we uh, don't uh, normally address a lot about, but that's in our healthcare space. And uh, we have a very strong healthcare team and we're going to come at the discussion today a little bit differently. We've got Martin Buffler. That's M with a muffler with a B, right? That's right. The, the uh, and and I don't know what kind of exhaust he's going to put out today, but uh, <laughs> we're looking forward to it. Martin's uh, one of our senior advisors on healthcare, and Martin, we're glad to have you uh, here with us today. Thank you, Bob. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Tony. And uh, what a great story about your family. Been to Disney many times with my three kids, so I can. Uh, I can uh, share the memories with you. It's fantastic, fantastic place. So, Martin, tell us a little bit about your background. I know you've been in the healthcare area for uh, a long time and a lot of experience. And we're going to really kind of talk today uh, that connection between 
kind of facilities and facility management and the end patient care experience. And I think people are more and more every day looking at what is the experience. And in higher ed, people come to colleges and universities and they evaluate how the buildings look, how clean they are, uh, which is a simple, uh, a, a simple kind of litmus test about what kind of education are my kids going to get? Or we go into a new t- visit a new town or city, and we say, "What are the uh, experiences that are available to me here? What are the schools like? Uh, do I want to move here?" And very much like that in patient care today. Uh, tell us a little bit trends you're seeing of uh, around healthcare and particularly as a consumer, because I think not only many of our facility managers that are listening may not be in the healthcare environment, but could. Uh, be patients, could be uh, have family members in the healthcare, but it also translates to their organizations as well as we evaluate how does the end user evaluate and look at what we do. So thank you, Bob. Um, so a little bit about my background uh, to answer your first question. Um, I've had the pleasure and the opportunity to serve the facility management uh, healthcare world for 20 plus years, um, building, creating, uh, delivering professional services, developing specific products for the facility management team in healthcare to manage the physical environment, manage the uh, environment of care, and really assist the entire organization in delivering a quality patient care experience. So, very blessed with that opportunity. Join the dude this year. Uh, to leverage some of that experience and really work with all aspects of the, the healthcare team to um, on product, marketing, sales, support. So I'm really excited to be here and, and uh, spend time with both of you today. Good. So tell us how important this patient interaction is and the evaluation that patients have when they choose. I mean, today we're getting more and more choices of everything what doctor we use, where we can go. Uh, We're very blessed here in this area with some very, uh, some of the top medical facilities in the world, uh, you know, or within 50 miles of of where we're sitting right now. Uh, Some people don't have quite that choice, but most people have some choices and flexibility to get that. And and talk a little bit about uh, the choices and how people decide and what do we need to do from a facility standpoint to help make those choices accurate absolutely so i think it's always uh it's always good to get some perspective if you think about 15 20 years ago we had our doctor we went to their hospital we went to the pharmacy across the street and so our choices were very limited in terms of the healthcare experience we were truly a patient you know there was really no consumer aspect to that and that's really evolved dramatically. There's been a huge, massive shift in terms of the patient becoming a patient consumer. And as you pointed out, the access to information, big data, and all the sources of information about hospital care, everything from insurance um, you know, to the, the, the choice of private or, or through your work, and then the, the multiple choices within that aspect. And then you layer in the social media aspect of it in terms of opinions, reviews, it really starts to become just an amazing set of data set that the patient now, patient consumer, has to make these choices in terms of insurance, hospital, where to go. Um, Then you add into that the aspect of now you can get a lot of that care with the assistance of self-diagnosis. You can go to the pharmacy and get a flu shot. You can bring your kids in there for a physical. So the choices are just enormous. And and the result of that is the, the whole, the hospital environment has had to respond to that and really kind of step up their game and really deliver 
quality care, quality options. And um, so really the whole dynamic, the shift has really taken place in terms of uh, creating a different environment and where people have lots of choices and the information that's really driving that, it uh, really puts puts everybody on a whole new level in terms of what they're delivering in terms of quality care and, and the patient experience. Yeah, it seems that the, the accountability, there's transparency, uh, and, and in the marketplace, that means that, you know, it's a more competitive marketplace, which I think is good for the consumer. Uh, but also, I know just for me, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, on their website, I'm able to go, and I'm able to compare prices, I'm able to see, you know, and, and get actual insight into the provider I'm about to visit or the, the provider I'm going to choose to visit. Um, also, think, I know you mentioned earlier debunking the myth. One of the things that I think is important, of course, we focus a lot on facilities and, and maintenance, but how does... Um, that role, when I'm, when I'm choosing a location or I'm choosing a facility, if, if I see bad reviews on it, on the cleanliness of it, or if it's under construction and what that, how that's impacted other people's experiences, I might not go. And so I know a lot of times we look at the, the clinical staff as potentially uh, the folks who are impacting my experience at that facility, but that's not really the case. They're a part of it. I think we're all looking more and more every day online at the five stars. Mm-hmm. How many of the how many of the stars are all yellow, and and the reviews that people have? So can you address that a little bit? The what what Tony's yeah, asking I, there. I think um, and another good uh, kind of data point on that. I heard a CEO of one of the larger healthcare organizations talking the other day about this whole concept, and he equated it to you know you go into a hotel, and if you were spending five hundred thousand dollars a night for a hotel room what would you expect you'd expect everything to be clean and in working operation mm-hmm. and your your expectations are pretty high and if you think about what the the net cost of a ho- of a of a hospital room and it's it's significantly more than that and so he's you know talking to his staff and and, and the folks at his hospital uh, environment about you know looking at it in that same viewpoint is is the customers now are expecting things to work, things to be, the room to be the right temperature, um, and everything functioning correctly. And so this is kind of the tie-in where the facilities management team, and again, to your point, Tony, that debunking the myth, historically we've always kind of thought at the, the, the clinical staff and the nurses um, as really the, the, the only folks that had a significant impact on delivering quality patient care. And while they're extremely important in this process, it's the facilities management team and the the engineers that um, can really assist by making sure that everything is in working order and the plan maintenance and preventive maintenance and and ensuring that the physical environment the the environment of care that we're delivering care in um, is everything is working and operational and and that really what we're finding and what we're seeing has a dramatic impact um, into um, the quality of care and the patient care experience from the from the from the customer. I know uh, a few years ago I was in the hospital for an extended period of time and I was very very sick and uh, but it happened that while I was there there was a power outage and as soon as the lights went out I started counting 1001 1002 to see how long it took the generator to come on <laughs> and it was it came on within the allotted time that it's required I think it's 10 seconds mm-hmm. it used to be anyhow and uh, my wife kept forcing me to get up and walk because I needed to walk and uh, one day I was walking down the hall and I looked up and I said there's a ceiling tile out that's a violation and uh, she said I knew at that point you were going to be okay you're gonna, you're gonna, you were well yeah. <laughs> but uh, but you know I, I, I hear you say this term uh, environment of care 
is that just kind of a buzzword around, or what, what does that mean uh, in, in our relationship to patient care? Absolutely. It's a great question because, um, like a lot of terminology in the hospital and in, in, in different environments, there, there are multiple terms for describing. But at the end of the day, what we're talking about is the area where care is being delivered, and that's the easiest way to think of it. And so it's often referred to as the environment of care, the physical environment. It's where doctors nurses are delivering care and we're maintaining a, a safe uh, environment for our patients. And so all of the activities around that, the environmental tours, the inspections, the maintenance really um, come together to, to create a patient safe environment uh, within the hospital. So that, that environment is often referred to as the environment of care. So that's the correct way to think of it. And, and that envelope, if you will, uh, encompasses a lot of spaces because there's very little area in a healthcare environment where some impact is not is not head on the patient, right? I mean, they're everywhere you go. There's whether it's direct or indirect. Uh, there's patient contact, patient involvement, uh, which which uh, overlaps a lot of area. Absolutely. Are you looking for a way to get inspired about your work as a facility or operations professional? Join us at our annual Maintenance and Operations Conference, Dude University in San Diego, March 18th through the 21st. You'll be able to attend educational sessions about your day-to-day work, meet professionals from across the country who work in your and other industries, and enjoy the sunny 70-degree days in San Diego. If you register by December 31st, then you can still take advantage of our all-inclusive Dude deal, so now's the time to act. Learn more and register online at university2018.com. We look at, and I read a book a few years ago, and I, I would recommend anybody to read this book. Uh, it's called when, uh, Hospitals Shall Learn to Fly, and it was about the, the uh, airplane accident in Tenerife where uh, the two planes, one took off over top of the other one in fog, and, and we don't need to get into that today, but it was really kind of the thing that changed the, the airline safety requirements. And uh, uh, the author of this book talks about changing uh, some of the things within our healthcare facilities because of the high rate of deaths by things that the patient did not come in the hospital for. Maybe they came in by from, with an appendix, uh, ruptured appendix, but they may end up dying from some other acquired uh, a disease or accident that happened inside the hospital. And uh, I think that number is like 100,000 people a year in the U.S. die in for the reason that they didn't come into the hospital with, which is really an alarming number, which is uh, an airliner full of people crashing every day in the U.S. and being killed. And if that were the case, the public would, would stand up and, and cry about it. And um, we, we don't see that today because it's kind of hidden one by one by one across the country around in lots of different facilities, but still very much on the minds of healthcare people. Uh, a lot of things going on in the healthcare environment because of that, and I think drives a lot of this environment of care. Absolutely. Uh, and talk a little bit about you know about that from from a facilities perspective. What what do we need to do as facility managers and or consumers to kind of mitigate some of that and to be involved in our own care, kind of, if you will. Uh, but talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think um, you know on the on the patient consumer side, I think you know self responsibility and you know everything fundamentally from washing your hands and personal hygiene. But in terms of on the facility side, there 
this is an ongoing uh, issue. It's a very important issue that you just raised. And um, the facilities management teams using technology and leveraging the systems that are out there to, to manage this whole process to ensure that um, and a CMMS specific to healthcare is a perfect example, a powerful mobile uh, technology to really be responsive real time, to clean up spills, to deal with accidents, to, to be as proactive as possible. So timely response um, to a lot of these issues is a very important driver in this. But being able to document um, and manage quickly um, this whole process, and, and it really starts with a good preventive maintenance program, so that you're reducing, um, you know, uh, the chance and the opportunity of things happening. Um, a good predictive maintenance program in terms of making sure that we know that certain things are going to expire or kind of run their lifespan. And so staying on top of that as opposed to waiting for those things to break. And then a corrective, responsive um, management uh, process. So really the combination of those, and we're, and we're seeing a tremendous increase in activity across facilities in the country. And again, a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, some of the issues that you, you've raised. Um, but uh, that, that really is the driver. And, and again, leveraging good technology and bringing that into the process can make sure that all that stuff's done in a timely manner, done proactively. And it, the, the net effect what we're seeing is, is very positive on the, on the patient care side. Well, I think, you know, in today's world, we're all expected to do more with less. And uh, technology is a way for us to be more efficient. And at the same time, we're capturing this data that we can help mm -hmm. um, use to drive decisions. We can help debunk the myth or what Bob and I have talked about before is close the perception gap, help others understand what we're doing and the importance of that, what it means to the actual organization. When it comes to the data that you're actually able to collect, so if we're being proactive, we're capturing information, when it comes to reports and data, is there anything in particular that you're seeing out in the field, Martin, that, um, that's empowering the facility organizations to, again, justify their budgets, get more staff, or they're able to continue to, to focus on the goal of the organization? Yeah, again, I, I go back to really having systems, processes in place, and really leveraging technology and being as proactive as possible. Because as we all know, uh, inside that physical environment, the environment of care, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, there was a great uh, article that Ashi put out earlier this year called HPOE, and it really talks right at this in terms of the things that a facility team can really adopt and it's around people processes and, and place and really all delivering um, those types of, of, of services directly through the physical environment and being very acutely aware of and, and a good example is uh, the nursing staff making sure the nurses have what they need to do their job right I mean this is a facility managers number one customer if the nurses are happy they have what they need they have the equipment uh, the, the physical environment around where they're delivering care, the lighting's correct, the temperature's correct, all that results in a good patient care experience. So again, kind of bringing that, the, tying it back into the theme, the folks that are managing the physical environment, the EOC every day, have um, just such a dramatic impact. And so encouraging facility management teams to really kind of adopt those processes and do room checklists and, and create committees and teams to really address these things 
um, head on and involve everyone in the organization. I think that's where we've seen a lot of successes across the entire facility management team and engaging with the clinical staff to really say, this is a priority for us. We understand how important it is, and here's how we're going to serve you, and here's how we're going to accomplish this together. Are you, are you seeing more collaboration between the the uh, facility staff and clinical staff communicating and talking together and uh, moving in that direction so they can support each other. Absolutely. It's, 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 um, there's been some great studies out there. There's been some great projects, and I'll just kind of give you a couple examples. Um, one where we actually, our, our facility in New York actually went in and reconstructed areas within the hospital, like a nurse's wing, and actually moved the nurse's station down the hall to reduce the noise and the patient SAT scores were increased by 30, 35%. Wow. wow. So just very fundamental small changes are having dramatic impact in terms of the patient experience and how that's showing up in the HCAP scores, mm-hmm. which are very important now. And, and one thing we didn't talk about, I just want to kind of bring back in and, and, and um, that everyone's acutely aware of, but the impact I think is, is often um, really not understood. And that is, these surveys that are taking place um, on the healthcare facilities, the HCAP surveys, they're directly tied to reimbursement. So if the HCAP scores, um, for, for whatever reason, if there's not a good score, that can dramatically impact the reimbursement. And so now it's different than it was 10 years ago where you got cited, you got the survey showed up, you had a plan for improvement, you had a certain amount of time to fix those things. Now there's a financial component and it's significant. And so this has also caused a lot of the, the, the behavioral aspect in terms of how to be um, and the importance of being responsive and proactive. So it's amazing how uh, money drives a lot of things. It is. The it financial is. component is a huge incentive. Yeah. Well, Martin, we're getting at the, uh, at the end of our time, and uh, I, d- I just kind of want to wrap up and, and uh, give you one more opportunity to say if there's a one or two key takeaways that, uh, that you might share with our audience today. But I want, uh, again, I want to drive back that as facility folks, we're in it about the, the mission of our organization and the outcome that that organization is there to to provide and uh, be it in the uh, in the education in the in our towns and cities in our healthcare environment and manufacturing wherever it is the importance of that and really driving and and here in, particularly in healthcare environment uh, when you talk about the difference between life and death it really can be the difference between yeah. life and death, right? So can you give us just a couple nuggets uh, as, we, as we sign off today? And we really appreciate you being here and sharing it. And maybe we'll expand it at a different time on some more topics because I think we didn't have time enough to dive into some things that we, we would have liked to. Absolutely. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you both. But again, I think um, the, the whole concept of really debunking the myth and how important uh, of role that the facilities management team um, plays in delivering, you know, the patient care experience and really um, understanding that and the ability for us as an organization and, and as, um, you know, industry professionals is to be able to provide that technology and that tool set to empower these folks and give them the recognition to be able to document the work that they're doing and allow them to really get credit and, and show that the impact that they're having in, in this process because, Again, if you, you know, historically you look at um, the perception of who is delivering that care and who's responsible for the patient experience um, has been on the clinical side. But when you really 
um, when you really peel everything back and you look at the paradigm shift and the, and the impact that it's had on the patients becoming more of the consumers, the net net is that everybody's playing a significant role. And the more that, that the, uh, the entire facilities team can come together with the clinical staff and really work together, um, everybody wins. Yeah. And, and we're seeing that. We're seeing that in the scores. We're seeing that in the impact. We're seeing that in the surveys. We're seeing that in the reviews. And um, it's exciting stuff. Well, great. Well, well, Martin Muffler with a B, we're glad that you uh, could join us today and share some of your uh, experience uh, in this area as an expert. Tony, uh, it's good to see you today and be, uh, be back with you and glad you had such a great time in, in Disney. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Operate Intelligently podcast. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, and you can even email us at dspodcast at dudesolutions.com.